Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Well, good morning. This is Father Martin, your host for Ex Nihilo, a podcast for the Diocese of Orlando. Ex Nihilo, nobody even remember the names, but anyway... Uh, I just realized that I don't even want to listen to myself for half an hour, so I've invited a very dear friend, Mr. Steve Buckland, to be my co-host for today's podcast. Steve, say something about yourself. Good morning, Father. It's it's great to be with you this morning. I was wondering about the name Ex Nihilo. Have you taken that from the new Disney movie, Moana? Isn't Nihilo one of the characters in Moana? Obviously, Steve did not listen to my first podcast because I did explain the name which means out of nothing, because basically the bishop has given me absolutely nothing to actually create this podcast. Well, now you have me, so now now you're going to have to change the name of the podcast. So stay tuned next week when the podcast will come back with another name more suited to the fruits that Father Martin has been gifted with. It'll be great. And hopefully will be a little more appropriate, because we've been distracting each other constantly. Maybe we should also introduce our mat- mascot in the back, huh? Yes, we call him Wee Cat. He's here to help us, and he does all the fact-checking to make sure that if we give you any data that's wrong or not actually in the catechism, uh, he's kind of like the catechism goalie. So you'll hear uh, an alarm in the background, and then we'll have to correct ourselves. And just in case you're wondering, he's an 18-year-old opinionated (laughs) young Catholic who wants to give opinion and criticism about everything under the heaven. That's just their opinion. (laughs) Nice. Anyway, so do we have a topic this week, Father? uh, Since it is the beginning of the liturgical year, why don't we talk about the season of Advent? Wow, that is. That is the season of Advent. So if you haven't noticed, or if somehow you were too sick and you didn't make it to Mass this weekend... Uh, the priests are sporting a fashionable new color uh, in honor of the change of seasons. So I look great in purple. Everybody looks great in purple. So Advent is, of course, a penitential season, and our penitential color is purple. I'm not really sure why it's purple. We'll have to look that one up. Maybe that's another podcast down the road, why the colors of the seasons. But for now, let's just go with the fact that it is purple for three out of the four Sundays of Advent. But on the third Sunday of Advent, Father Martin gets to wear his favorite color, rose. Pink. (laughs) Because pink is really the new black. (laughs) No, Steve, it is a color of joy, of celebration, and we will talk more about that. But let's talk about the penitential aspect of Advent. What are we we being penitential about? Ooh, well, what is penitential? I always thought penitential had to do with jail. It is a big word, and I don't speak English. (laughs) Right. So when we talk about the penitential seasons, uh, Advent and Lent, of course, we're focused on Advent now, but penitential means what? Why are you putting the poor priest on the spot? Because you just got out of the seminary. You should know what penitential means, right? Being sorry. Being sorry. And what are you sorry for? Your sins and you're sorry for my sins. I love that. Oh, Thank you. absolutely. I don't have to be sorry for my sins because Father Martin is sorry for me. The reality is nobody is perfect, and we all have mistakes. We all have done things that we're not too particularly proud about. Uh, that being said, the season of Advent is calling us with a constant reminder: be ready, be ready to welcome our King to. Return again in glory to judge the living and the dead. 
And that's the whole point of the penitential aspect of Advent. It is a way to prepare our souls, our mind, and our hearts, not just for the celebration of Christmas to fulfill your two times going to Mass. Christmas. Three times. Three times I actually show up for Ash Wednesday as well. Oh, that's wonderful of you, Steve. Um, but it's not just for Christmas, but also a reminder that we always need to prepare ourselves and be ready because we do not know the time or the hour when our king will return. Amen to that. That's absolutely right. I always kind of think of the penitential seasons um, as preparation for festivities. So if I was hosting a party at my house, right, the first thing I would do is I'd want to get the house clean. I'd want to get everything in order. I'd make sure that the floors are vacuumed, that all the places are set, that the food is bought and prepared, and everything is perfect and in place. And none of that really is fun. But it's all done in service to the coming celebration. And in the same way, you know, I kind of think about my soul that way. So it's Advent. I'm getting ready to celebrate the birth, the coming of Christ, or being prepared for his second coming. And is my soul ready? Is my, are my floors clean? Are the places set? Am I ready to actually enjoy the celebration? That's actually a really beautiful thought. And while you're saying that, it reminds me of a story that a Franciscan priest once told me that um, some Jews actually believe that every day God comes to visit us 100 times in different circumstances. And, and that begs the question, am I ready? Am I ready to welcome him in the people I encounter every day? Am I ready to truly show compassion and love, hospitalities, no matter where I find myself to be? Hmm. Which is always tough. I think that's one of the hardest things to do is to always allow yourself to be an instrument of God's love. And taking time, it's never a bad time to take time to examine yourself and ask, you know, hey, what could I do better? What could I have done better today? What could I work on tomorrow so that I'm a better Christian tomorrow? Because ultimately, right, I don't think anybody's ready. I don't think anybody's ready-ready. I think you have different states of readiness. But always, always there's the opportunity to do a little bit more and to try a little bit harder. And I think the key thing, and I always think that Jesus' message um, is that it doesn't, I know you're going to fail. I love you. I'm with you. Get up and try again. That's what I keep reminding myself because I fall a lot. Uh, Sort of remind me of the concept of New Year resolution because really Advent is the church's New Year. Different from a normal calendar which begins its New Year's on January the 1st. The church begins the liturgical year on the first Sunday of Advent. And like every new year, you come up with new year resolutions. Want to lose some weight, be a little kinder to others, be more attentive. Go to confession. Stuff like this that. This is Faith Fit Radio. Go to confession, donate more money at the offertory. Of course he would say that. That's supposed to be my job. <laughs> Right? Ways to be... No, but that's a great point. So, yeah, there's always resolutions. And I think as Catholics, you know, we don't really kind of typically think about Advent as the beginning of a new year, liturgically, right? But we do think about it as Christmas prep. Because ever since late October, anytime you've gone to the store or out, what do we see? Christmas decorations, Christmas sales. We just somehow endured Black Friday, Cyber Monday... Buy as much stuff as you can Tuesday. Right, I think there was right. small business Saturday in there too. So, uh, so lots of opportunities for you to uh, to spend money and buy stuff for Christmas, but very few opportunities, I think. Um, and there certainly isn't the message out there that hey, Christmas hasn't happened yet. 
you know? Right, and, and there's some preparation that has to take place, but all these really just a distraction from what truly matters, our souls, our life, our life eternal. And so, once again, we just want to bring this up and as, as an opportunity for us all to reflect. What resolutions am I going to make? And perhaps along the way I will forget them, I will break them, but mercifully we have a wonderful God who is always offering forgiveness. The sacrament of reconciliation is always there, giving us a new chance, a new clean slate for uh, try again. That's right. Be better. Always important to be better. So, And you know what? The nice thing about the church is there's always opportunities to be better. And so as you start the new year, um, you know, we talk about kind of the whole liturgical year in its entirety, you know, and if you're thinking about that from the concept of the precepts, right, we go to 52 Sundays a year of Mass and six, sometimes more, sometimes less, uh, holy days of obligation, depending on where you live. But here in the Diocese of Orlando, we have six holy days of obligation. So 58 times a year you have to go to Mass, right, at a minimum. At the minimum. At the minimum. Not just Christmas and Easter people. Right. If you want to be a level one Catholic, it's 58 hours of the year. (laughs) Just so you know. Just so everybody understands the baseline. But the first holy day of obligation of the new liturgical year is on our doorstep. It'll be here next week. And that is the Solemnity of... Immaculate Conception. Right. And that was, we're celebrating when Father Martin was born. Uh, most certainly, I'm immaculate, all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, not actually Father Martin's birthday. Um, when is that? Is that in August? That's yes, that's in August. But we don't we don't need to include this in the month. Are you going to be podcast. thirty next year? Oh, I'm going to turn sixty three and get, and getting ready for my retirement. You have amazing skin for someone who's almost sixty three. It's and an it's, Asian thing. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Just so, kidding. I'm no, kidding. no. So <laughs> next Thursday we celebrate the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and I always like to call it the Immaculate Misconception. Because if you were to run out into the pew on any given Sunday and survey the Catholics, you'd probably find that better than half of them think that it's the Immaculate Conception of Jesus, Jesus. Christ. Yep. <laughs> right. No, but it isn't. It isn't. It is not. And and why should we celebrate this wonderful conception of Mary? Well, I almost think you've got to back up. So Because I don't understand how Mary was immaculately conceived. I thought she had a mom and dad. Anne and Joachim. is that how you say it or it could be joachim it it depends on where you're from i kind of like joachim right because joachim phoenix spelled his name like that and we called him joachim he's just confusing me right now where are we (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we're talking about mary's immaculate conception right so she had a mom and a dad right right and we're going to assume that they you know got together like moms and dads do the birds and bees talk, people. Remind, remind yourself of that traumatizing conversation with your parents. Yeah, or watch National Geographic TV. You can see it there, too. Please don't. <laughs> right, so mom and dad come together, and Mary was conceived, just like uh, you or I. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happened that made her conception, or what happened in that process? Because the man and the woman each give something of themselves, right? But God comes in and gives that oh-so-important third piece of the puzzle, right? The soul. The soul, And absolutely. this is where the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception comes in, that Mary's soul, at the moment of her conception, was rendered free from original sin through the grace of God. 
That's absolutely so beautifully put. If anybody want to rent him for some theological talks, I will, I will offer his service at a very low charge. Reasonable rates. Yeah. But it truly is a beautifully put statement because truly God is preparing a temple for his son to enter into uh, the world of humans, of flesh and blood. And so Mary, in a sense, was so reserved by a single grace of God's infinite omnipotence, that he prepare a perfect human being so that his son may enter into the world. That's right. Right. And of course, you know, for the skeptics out there who are going to say, well, where's that in the Bible? You know, where's that in the Bible? And then you go dot, 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 and there's a big breathy pause. <gasps> and you say, well, I think the first thing you have to look at is the angel Gabriel, right? Yes. When he approaches Mary and he greets her saying, Full of grace. Full of grace, absolutely. And of course, you know, you have to kind of look at the word grace, and you have to remember that it's in the context of the Hebrew language, which is absolutely. what it would have originally been written in, mm -hmm. and grace in the Hebrew language. Oh, I don't. I didn't take Hebrews, by the way. He's put me on the spot. Yeah, I just, you know, we're testing secretly what Father Martin doesn't realize, <laughs> is this is his Catholic Jeopardy quiz, and right now he's in negative dollars. And so he's you know. not doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So we think about grace, and grace is really meaning full of holiness, because grace is the opposite of sin, Father, Absolutely. in case you didn't know that. Just so. I didn't. <laughs> so if I don't have any sin, I'd be full of grace, and if all my grace is gone, I'm full of sin, mm -hmm. and then I need to go to confession, right? All right, yes. Right. Then the line forms over there. But uh, so when we think about that in the angel Gabriel, it's a very important, the words that he uses, because he identifies her right out of the gate as being full of, of grace, holiness. full of holiness. And, of course, the path that we all take nowadays to, uh, to remove the stain of original sin um, is baptism, right? But Correct. baptism, as we understand it, did not exist in Mary's time. And so this was God's way of stepping in and assuring that the ark of his new covenant, Jesus Christ, would come in a very safe and holy place. Which is an interesting point because one of the beautiful titles that the church gave Mary was the Ark, the new Ark of Covenant. That's right. Back in the day when in the journey to, uh, through the desert, the Israelites always journey with the Ark of Covenants in which it contained three very holy objects. Right. Um, the Ten Commandments, the, Ten the actual, Commandments. the remnants of the Ten Commandments that Moses smashed when he came down from Mount Horeb. Uh, sea Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> That's not it. The, the staff of Aaron, representing the priesthood, and, of course, manna and the desert, the bread of life. Right. And if you think about it, Jesus himself, the priest, the law, and the bread of life. Right. And so Mary, being the one who carried him, is truly a new Ark of Covenant, a perfect Ark of Covenant, because God has preserved her from original sin that is the um, consequence of our first parents' uh, right. disobedience. Adam and Eve, who, remember, when you're looking for somebody to blame, when all the chips are down, it's easy to blame Adam and Eve because they only had one rule to follow in their lives, and they, they just... They did what so many of us would do. They dropped the ball. <laughs> or the fruit, as it may be. Now, here's, here's an interesting question, Steve. How would you say this particular solemnity would apply to us day-to-day -day human beings? What's the meaning behind celebrate the celebration of the Immaculate Conception? For Ooh. you in particular. 
for me in particular, I think that um, it is a reminder of the constant presence of God's love that if in my, in my faith, knowing that he's always had a plan for us, that no matter how far we've strayed, God always has his arms out ready to hug us and bring us back to him. And so for me, when I think about the Immaculate Conception, it is a very positive, very concrete symbol of God's love for his people. That's absolutely beautiful. Uh, for me, uh, in another sense, uh, in looking at Our Lady, although she was a perfect human being, although she was preserved from original sin, that being said, she still is a part of the human family, right. born of father and mother. And so, in a sense, she understands our human weaknesses. She understands the daily struggles for holiness. And we can always turn to her for protection, for maternal intercession, and us always, when there's trouble, run to mom. Yeah, and she's a fantastic model of faith because I think the challenge in faith for everybody ultimately is the surrender to the will of God. So this notion of surrendering that is so tough to do, but she is the perfect model. And when things seem tough and you feel like your faith is failing, Mary is that perfect model of surrender to the will of God. So all the situation was created for her, but it was still up to her to say yes, and she did that. Indeed, indeed. For us. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mommy. Um, well, in wrapping up, though, I, I'd run across this question. It really had nothing to do with uh, the topics we talked thus far, but... Someone asked me this very interesting question, and I thought I'd bring this up and for our discussion. Um, the question was, can I still be a Catholic if I'm pro-choice? Oh, my gosh. That's a whole other topic, Father Martin. We have three minutes left, and you want to dive into this now? Well, I don't know. What is your three minutes answer to this question? Uh, politically or just my own personal answer? Uh, no, no. Your personal answer, really. Uh, so how can I be pro-choice in the sense that I'm for the wanton killing of innocent lives? Is that what you mean? Or are you saying pro-choice is in, I'd like to choose McDonald's over Burger King? <laughs> and we all know the answer for that. The answer is neither if you want to live a long and healthy, happy life. <laughs> Wonderful, yes. Uh, well, perhaps it's not fair to put Steve on the spot at this moment, but I was just wondering, sometimes we get so caught up with this whole political battle between pro-choice and pro-life, but we really do not understand why the church upholds the dignity and the sanctity of each human life. Perhaps this will be a whole discussion, a whole podcast in itself, but once again, before we go into the question with you, pro-choice, or pro-life, understand, learn, research why the church holds the human, human life to be of the highest value. That every single human being from the moment of conception to the natural end is valuable. Why? Because they are all created in the image and likeness of God. There is a God-like character in every single one of us. And even though our parents give us the material aspects, which is the body itself, God infuses in us a holy soul, an immortal soul, and that will always the highest, highest value 
That's the church understand. Yep, absolutely. Just like he infused Mary with a with a soul free from the stain of original sin, he does that with all of his creations. And I think for me, I think the simple answer to your question is that um, I can understand why people suffer with it. It is definitely a challenging question. But ultimately, and this is the beauty, I think, of, of the Gospels and the beauty of Jesus Christ, is that he's so simple when he says to us, you know, the Ten Commandments are too hard to remember. Jesus, give us two. And he says, right, love God with your whole heart, mind, body, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And choosing to take someone else's life, whoever that is, be it through murder, euthanasia, abortion, fundamentally goes against the two commandments that Christ gave us to live by. Because A, as you so eloquently mentioned, it's the taking of one of God's creations. Mm-hmm. And B, it certainly isn't loving your neighbors yourself. And so, you know, it's very simple. It's very foundational. Um, I think that ultimately, you know, as, as Catholics, right, we need to pray for all those who may not share that view or somehow feel that that is, is not compatible with things that are going on in their own life, that the Holy Spirit will help and come to them and enlighten them and show them that, yes, these creations are good, that there are things that God's doing in our lives that maybe we don't understand. Certainly, we have those troubles, challenges when we, when we have trouble in our lives, but we have to trust in him. Again, it's that surrender to God's love, um, that ultimately he's in charge and he has a plan. And I think, you know, just to kind of land the plane and wrap it all back into Mary and, and Advent, right, as we prepare for the celebration of Christ's birth and we think about the blessing of Mary's Immaculate Conception, we just need to remind ourselves of these symbols that are, are real and tangible in our lives of just how much God loves us. That is so beautiful, Steve. Once again, <clears throat> if anybody want to rent his service, I, I charge very low. <clears throat> right. Uh, just to wrap things up, brothers and sisters, truly, the one question, actually, let's put it too, one, one question that Bishop always asks a lot of us in his homilies is, where is my relationship with God? Mm. In this season of Advent, it is a good question to ask ourselves. Have we allowed all these distractions to sort of take us away from what truly matters? So ask ourselves, where is my relationship with God? And if we find it to be not particularly healthy or we have neglected it so much, there's always a chance to come back. Once again, the sacrament of reconciliation is always available for those who seek it. Right, that's right. The year of mercy may have ended. But the doors are still open, folks. That's, oh my goodness, cliche, people. (laughs) That's right. We're open 24 hours, seven days a week. We have mercy on demand right here. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful, Steve. Would you want to help me with confession? Uh, No. (laughs) uh, And also the second question I'd like to ask you is resolutions. What are some of the good resolutions you can set for yourself as you begin a new liturgical uh, year, liturgical calendar, mm. what are some resolutions? Perhaps uh, spend a little more time during the day for prayers, find 10 minutes at the end of the day, thanking God for all the blessings, and just once again reconnect with the source of things. Maybe make a point of attending Mass more often, uh, make a point of being a little kinder to others. Really what Father Martin's doing is... He's giving me a list of things that I need to do in the new liturgical year. I wasn't going to say subtle. that. very subtle. It's like, uh, Steve, I noticed that you had, weren't at daily mass this morning. 
Uh, it's not so much Steve. I'm talking about Wee Cat sitting in the background here. Steve and Wee Cat. That's right. We both need to get to Daily Mass. So. Uh, but those are some of the questions that perhaps we can use as a guideline for reflection this week. Yep. Where, where is my relationship with God? And what are some of the resolutions I could make for this new year? Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, um, although that was a very exhaustive list, uh, I think one of the, in giving thanks to God, just taking a few moments to be honest with yourself. So thank God for the gifts in your life and ask God to help you to examine yourself and to spend maybe just 30, 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes every day. Start small, little steps, little steps of, of taking time out of every day to examine yourself, to say, was I the best Catholic I could be today? What could I do to be a better Catholic, a better person, a better husband, a better friend, right? A better uh parent tomorrow and find one little thing and try to put it in play on the next day so it's just it's it's got to be little steps build on it and keep working wonderful it's been it's been a joy people uh just remember uh be good to one another and remember to smile often because god loves you and if we're not back next week it's because disney sued us over the moana comment god (laughs) god bless take care bye bye FaithBit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilio with Father Martin Wen. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy. Mm-hmm.